You're listening to the Between You and Me podcast, brought to you by JesusWire.com, with your host, Jessica Morris. Welcome to another episode of Between You and Me. Thank you for hanging in there over the holidays, guys. So excited to be back, and we have a stellar episode for you. Today, it's a bit more relaxed. It's a new year, it's the holidays, and we're going to enjoy it. So we have two upcoming singer-songwriters for you that you will love. Alongside their interviews, we'll be featuring one of their amazing new tracks for you to hear, weaved in with some of the best Christian music to come out of 2018. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, I know that I promised that we had a great interview with Cy and I ready for you this week. I'm so sorry we couldn't come through. Trust me, he will be on late this season. In the meantime, we have two great musicians for you. One is Dee Swan. He's from Missouri and has a really fresh take on Christian EDM. He's collabed with The Ready Set on his single Fire. It's gotten over 100,000 streams on Spotify and is doing so well. Following D, we also have my friend Sarah Gerald on. Sarah is a very talented singer-songwriter and spoken word poet. She's based in Nashville, Tennessee, and she is in the process of funding her debut EP on Patreon at the moment. You'll hear some of her great new song, Find Me, throughout our interview. It's like diving in deep into the going to be a great episode and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So lean back, relax and put your feet up. Today you are going to meet two of not just Christian musics but musics great new talents. Hailing from Missouri, Dee Swan is no stranger to the Christian music industry. Founding member of gospel pop band Interplause since 2009, he's toured with bands like Craig Owens, Bearcat, Before You Exit, and Shaken. Making a mark on the local Christian music scene, Dee took a leap of faith in 2014 and decided to go solo as an artist and producer. With influences as diverse as Bruno Mars to Toby Mac and Torrin Wells, he's a fresh new sound in Christian hip hop EDM, infusing his story about coming to Christ with soul tones. With the mission to create more love and less hate, Dee is unapologetically evangelical in his music, yet he's on a mission to share this with both the secular and Christian markets. His latest single, Fire, featuring a ready set, was co-produced by Twizzle and has had more than 100,000 streams on Spotify and has been featured by Rapzilla. With a spot at South by Southwest in 2019, Dee is in the process of completing his debut EP. I spoke to Dee about his journey to becoming a solo artist, why he's so intentional about his faith in music and his hopes for the future. This is Dee Swan.
people who maybe haven't met you before, like haven't heard your music, who is D Swan? Like, how did your musical journey start? Um, my musical journey started. Um, I was in a Christian band, and it was called a uh, Interplause. We was at a a position in our life where we knew it was coming to an end. I could just tell God I was gonna close that chapter, but I was making music for the band still because I was like the key, like one of the main songwriters for the band. Mm-hmm. And um, God had me shelf a lot of songs. And I didn't know why. And it was all this pop and EDM based like music. And I was like, yo, like, why am I shelving this? This is some crazy music. But God had me shelf it. And uh, he was getting me through a new transition. And then um, I was in St. Louis, Missouri, which is where the project was based. God gave me D Swan then. And I was, I just been writing music for the project since then. Not just only writing music for it the project itself, but ghostwriting and collaborating with other engineers and producers as well. Mm-hmm. That's been a, an interesting thing of itself. It's It's been a cool journey because it's taken me from that band experience where like at the time when I was in a band, I was, you know, listening to a lot of like Christian rock bands and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't married then. So I was looking at it from like a person who was single and things like that. And I was, a, I was a baby Christian then. So there was a lot of things I was still learning. I got a little bit more mature in my faith and my walk with God. So my thoughts had changed and a lot of things, you know, was different. So like the music from back then, like it was great music, but I can't really relate to it in a sense anymore because sure. it's like, that's not where I was anymore that's not where I am now. Like that's where I was then. So, um, so now the music I, I write now is more relatable to like my experiences from like the moment I met my wife to like where I'm at right now. Can you tell me about your background and, and when you first heard music and sort of started going, I'm actually interested in that, but sort of the life experiences that really propelled you in that direction. I was born in Alton, Illinois and Alton is a very historical town, but like for me and my mom, like we were like the top of the low class. It wasn't like we were like really wealthy, but we weren't like really extremely poor. Like we, if we didn't pay a bill on time, like we could have been homeless type thing. That's, gotcha. you know, that's, that's where we were, but God always provided for us, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and like I said, us having family so close, like we was always helping each other. Um, so things wasn't as like tough as it could have been. We always have this saying where, you know, if you still hanging at the same spot 10 years from now, you're not, you're going to still be there. Sure. And that's such a true thing, like where I'm from. And people say that stuff and yet God is making it a whole different story. You know, people saying that you wouldn't be nothing, you won't, you won't never amount to anything. And then yet God is using the people that other people say wouldn't be nothing and making them to somebody, you know what I mean? Which has been crazy for me. How I got into the Christian band scene, well, I was doing a lot of, like, rock bands, and, like, that was secular. So I'm getting asked to play drums for, like, groups on top of groups, and I'm taking them all, just learning, like, different genres and applying it to my own technique and skill-wise. I was doing a project that I was in where I actually was able to sing background vocals 
and play drums. Why I didn't when I got that idea from Aaron Gillespie from Underoath, and because nice. I, I was huge on like Underoath, I took notes from what Aaron Gillespie was doing. I was like, yo, I want to try to do that. So I got into a band where I was able to do that, and it was so fun. But our music sounded like Armor for Sleep meets like Incubus or something. It was wow. so different. At that time in my life, I wasn't in church. I wasn't really, you know, I believed in God, but I wasn't really having a, a, a real relationship with him at that time. And then I got back into church, you know what I mean, because of a situation that happened. And um, I got my relationship with God type. And once I got my relationship with God type, I stepped away from that band I was doing. My buddy Caleb, and this was like back in when I was in college, I lived in Collinsville. And it's weird because at the time when I was living in Collinsville, I was actually friends and I lived not that far from Blake and uh, Torn Wells oh, nice. when they were doing Royal Taylor. They stayed like literally like 10 minutes away from me. I met with my buddy Caleb and he was like, hey, man, you know, I need somebody to play drums for this project I'm doing. And I said, like, all right, cool. And they had a lead singer. Me and Caleb like wrote like three songs together where I was like writing the vocals like in the lyrics for the singer. Yeah. But I was just playing and I was also doing the drums and some programming. And while Caleb, he focused on everything else. And then eventually the singer from the group decided to leave and do a different project. That's what Interfalls came into play. And when Caleb stepped away, I took on all the responsibilities on the writing and producing and things like that. And then I got some of my buddies that I knew from my area to play with me. And we went from playing like in front of like seriously five to 10 people to like then we started to open up for like acts like Chiodos and we're a Christian group. Mm -hmm. And then then we start opening up for acts for like Under Oath and we open up for Toby Mac and I mean, playing bigger festivals. Like we even, it was also real to me whenever we was playing a festival, it was called Life Fest and this is in Wisconsin because we got moved up to the second main stage and we had a set time that happened around the same time as Skillet. And of course, us being music geniuses, we know like who's not going to want to go see Skillet. Yeah. Compared to a band that you you may have heard or may not heard, like I'm going to go see Skillet, you know. So it was logical. We didn't know how God was mo- working in that whole move because Skillet was playing and they already was in like maybe 15, 20 minutes of their set, and then we played, and then our crowd went from like 15 to 20 something kids. By the time we're done with our set, it was packed. But we didn't realize that how it how it happened was is because. Family Force 5 was playing right after us. So we gained a lot of their fans on just that show alone. And then uh, I was walking off stage like after our, our set in Soglo. He said, where are you from? And I told him where we're from. He was like, please tell me you're staying to watch our set. I said, why would I not? Then he brings me back up there on stage to the jam with them and everything like that. It was, it was amazing. And, uh, to see how that all played out, it all played out great. And every after that show, it was like we we were just on.
parts of the music industry and especially the Christian music industry where business and I suppose faith clash? Is it possible for them to work together or did you ever feel like there was conflict there for you and did you ever feel pressure to step outside of what you value, what you're comfortable with? Actually, I could talk about my song Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, Ready Set is a secular artist. He's not a Christian artist at all, but I've known the Ready Set and me and him been friends since like we were in high school. Mm-hmm. For him to do a song with me and I'm a Christian act, I thought about that because it's like, how is this going to be well received by my the listeners who listen to me and know that I'm a Christian artist? How are they going to receive this? Because he's a secular artist. You know, he doesn't talk about Jesus at all in his music, but he does write songs that's uplifting and encouraging. One thing I I learned from working with him was I came out straightforward and said, hey, man, you know, if we're going to do a song together, like, I want you to understand, like, hey, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of my songs are always going to be faith-based and and uplifting and empowering people and pointing them to Jesus. Now, by the grace of God, like I said, we have a friendship there, so there's a mutual respect. Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, too, one of his favorite bands, which is Copeland. Yes. Which I love Copeland. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's kind of what brought me and him together was Copeland, actually. he He understood, like, you know what, I forgot, you know, Copeland, they're, they were like a huge act in the Christian music scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he understood like, you know, I can't say this. I can't act like this. I can't do this. If I'm going to be on this song, I got to talk about this. So when we worked on the song together and did, and did the lyrics, like he understood. So he knew like what he shouldn't have, what he can't say and what he, what he can say. Yeah. Because he knew he knew the people that was gonna be listening to the music. So same for him, like I know his audience. You know what I mean? Like, so I know how I could be talking about what I'm talking about and it still be appealing to them. You're really avert with your face. Why have you chosen to go down such an evangelical route, if I can use that term? Because it was to me, it's the word of God that saved me. You know, it wasn't the music. You know, the music played an introduction to me to to wanted to dig into the word but it was the word of god that saved me i felt that there was something more and i feel like in order for me to to do what i do like i have to be honest god can work with whatever he wants to work in you know he's god but for me i gotta be true to myself The soulful pop tones of Sarah Gerald are filled with nuances of her personal story. 
Growing up in North Carolina with dreams of being a singer, she found solace both in the church choir and in the sound of vinyl. She also felt at home among the words of authors like Silverstein and Alcott and Angelo, making spoken word poetry another creative outlet for the songwriter. Looking for ways to grow her passion for worship and music, Sarah entered Hillsong International Leadership College in 2013, making her move to Sydney, and over the course of three years, she refined her craft and relationship with God to create an authentic and vulnerable expression. Appearing alongside other vocalists in Delta Goodrum's music video for Enough, she was also featured on Kareem McBean's single Further, and is a member of an upcoming female writer in Nashville Mentoring Group, proving there are multiple dimensions to her talent. Moving to Nashville in 2016 on a whim and a promise from God, over the past two years, Sarah has poured herself into her music and ministry. Headlining at local venues, her demo, Find Me, is a first step into the industry where she is relying on fan support to help her record her debut EP in 2019 via Patreon. I spoke to Sarah about daring to pursue a career in music, why she chooses to put her heart on the line and speak about singleness and anxiety, and what her upcoming EP sounds like. This is Sarah Gerald. Alone, forgotten, broken and scared of wanting. But for you, I risk it all. Cause that's what love is. Belief, even when you're hopeless, it's like dying. you before haven't met you before how would you sum up Sarah Gerald who are you study great question <laughs> let's go for it who am I um I mean the immediate I guess Christian response is child of God but I think I explain that by saying Jesus is the lens by which I see everything and so whatever I do, hopefully, it, he's reflected in that. And so I am a dreamer. I have lots of joy and super childlike. Like, don't catch me going for a walk outside because I'll randomly start singing Disney songs. Love pop culture references. So you might get some of that. I just want to love people the way that they deserve to be loved. How does that comes through in your music you're in the process of like recording demos and recording your first EP how does that I suppose definitive identity come out in your music when you're looking to sort of make a mark yeah um I think there's a big push for authenticity right now in this generation and um one thing that I'm learning is yeah we can so be authentic but there's really no authenticity without God like, you can't be your true self if you don't know your creator. 
So my goal, I guess, through music is to accurately articulate the human experience while also hopefully um, leading people to hope. Um, So, for example, what will be my first single is a song called Find Me, and it's, oh, it has so many layers. (laughs) But it started out being a song about being rejected and I just had had so many conversations with so many women about being single and being 30 plus and single and that's my story and and just wanting to find love and be loved and and I wrote the song and I could not finish it or chose not until I could finish it and point people to hope because the first verse is pretty pretty down (laughs) yeah it's like okay cool and I had to have my own come to Jesus moment, like, all right, God, I need you to, to speak hope to me in, in this situation so that I can then articulate it in a song. Yeah. So that's my goal for any of my music, um, just articulating the human experience in a way that points them to Jesus. Can you tell me a little bit about how you started in music? And I mean, this is, I really feel like this is like a summary of your life story because music is such a part of you. But can you tell me a little bit about um your love for music and how that went through to when you moved to Nashville? Yeah. So I've been singing since I can remember, um, church choir and my mom was my choir director. It's awesome. Keeping the family. Yeah. Oh my goodness. My dad was a DJ. No. So yeah. It's awesome. So I grew up, like he would play the song. He was a DJ in the seventies and eighties. So all the disco, funkadelic, um, R&B, just all the everything. <laughs> um, he would quiz us in the car, like, okay, who's this artist? What year did this song come out? What's the song title of this? Constantly. And my favorite memories growing up were on Saturdays being woken up by his very loud sound system blasting music through the house. So I don't know that I had a choice. <laughs> <laughs> loving music and I'm so thankful to him for that because he he taught me to appreciate every genre learn something from every song let's see so yeah singing in church my entire life well I remember being a kid and wanting to be a pop star Michael Jackson's record as being the youngest person to have a Grammy like I wanted to and then here comes Leanne Rhyme with Blue and he just took that from me but whatever it's okay I'm over it I remember writing letters to Mercury Records and Jive Records because Hanson wasn't with Mercury and uh, Backstreet Boys was with Jive. And I wanted to be on their label and wanted to be Britney Spears. And and at the same time, it felt almost like this hidden secret of mine just because I never thought I could do it. It just seemed like a a dream. Like, oh, that's something to, to daydream about or to practice dance moves in my room um summer after my freshman year of college I auditioned for American Idol and I didn't get through I was like that's it I'm not singing anymore I'm just gonna sing in the church choir and that'll be fine and that's all I'm gonna do and I'm gonna get married and be a mom and die and that's my life (laughs) like that was my life goal to sing in church choir get married be a mom teach high school English and die. Everything changed for me when I 
really decided to follow God. And gosh, what was that? 2007. I had this moment, this come to Jesus moment. And I'd been a Christian previously, like from when I was six, like I had this miraculous healing happen when I was six and signed up to be a Christian. I was like, yep, I believe in God, believe in Jesus, but didn't really follow through with that decision until 2007. And what is that? 11 years, almost 12 years now, there has never been a year where God hasn't asked for something. And it's really just following through with that. Yes. It's like the saying yes to Jesus happens in a moment, but it takes a lifetime to live it out. Mm -hmm. And God is just so kind because he let me pout and it just was this gradual, like, okay, I'm only going to sing in church choir. And then I got asked to lead worship. Like, okay, I'm only going to lead worship. And uh, I went into full-time ministry. I'm like, okay, I'm only going to be in charge of worship team and sing on Sundays. And that's it. <laughs> that's brilliant. Um, and then I got asked to join a songwriting group at church. So I'm like, okay, I'm only going to do this group at church. And it just kept gradually building. The 2012 was a pivotal year for me. Like everything in my life changed. Um, all of my core relationships, everything. It just feel like, felt like every door was slamming in my face. And I had never lived outside of North Carolina. Like I was happy to live and die in North Carolina. And when all of those things changed in a, in a moment, it caused me to reconsider things. And I thank God for my pastor. My pastors, Ron and Lynette in North Carolina, because Lynette led this, this um, leadership six-week program. And it was all about finding your purpose statement. And through that course, I developed my purpose statement, which is to facilitate an environment where true freedom and healing can happen. And it's like, okay, you have this purpose statement. Now, how are you going to do that? And one of my uh, hows was music, writing music and writing songs. It's like, okay, if this is what you're supposed to do and you're not doing it, how are you going to do it? Um, and I decided, well, if I'm supposed to, sing and know about music, then I recognized to go study it and enter Hillsong College. I Googled songs for, I mean, schools for worship. I did not know Hillsong had a college. And Hillsong um, popped up at the top of Google. Hillsong popped up number one. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, I can go to Australia for, I was only for a year, it turned into three, but I can I go to that. Australia for a year cheaper than other programs I looked at. And it's Hillsong. I love Hillsong. Oh, my God. And went to Hillsong College, and all of a sudden, my entire world opened. You get to the point where you're like, okay, God, I keep making plans for my life, and you keep changing it. Why don't I ask you what you want me to do? And it's funny, when he, when I heard Pursue Music, it just felt like I was, I was selfish to pursue it. It's like wait, what? I can't really pursue music. That's, that's a pipe dream. That's a, that's reserved for the special ones. That's reserved for your, your Carrie Underwoods and your people with crazy talent that are obviously supposed to do it. I'm not that. And it just was confirmed over and over, even the decision to move to Nashville. I do not ever recommend what I did to move to Nashville. I, had just finished Hillsong College, moved back to the States, didn't have a job, 
didn't have money, didn't have a place to stay, and packed up my my clothes in my car and drove the six hours from North Carolina to Nashville, Tennessee, and was like, okay, cool. Now what, God? <laughs> slept in like the worst hotel I've ever stayed in my life. Slept on couches, slept on floors, found a roommate through Facebook. Like, I, I do not recommend this. But I was so convicted by God that this is what he has asked me to do, that I had to follow through with it. Ever since I was a child, I had this insatiable desire to exist beyond the limits of my environment. I knew I was different, confirmed by the voices that shamed me into hiding. My silence, however, did nothing to curtail or veil the desire deep within to defend what I knew was a calling. The greatest distance you'll ever cross is from disbelief to belief. Then you'll see it's easy to go from ground to sky. Patreon is a way for me specifically to kind of bypass the need for a record label or or a record contract and say and have my fans or people who are wanting to be fans or wanting to know more about me sort of subscribe to me as an artist or support me as a patron of me their artist and get firsthand behind the scenes access to who I am and my music and what I'm trying to put out there so my first goal is to raise a thousand dollars per month and with that i'll be able to properly record and release which is so cool because then i'd be able to to do it and be solely responsible to the instead of having to worry about oh i have to have this image and i have to be sellable in this way or i have to blah 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 blah. i have this many followers or whatever it kind of bypasses that and lets the art speak for itself and to the people who want to hear it. How would you categorize yourself as a musician and a creative? Because I know you just spoken word as well. And when I ask you that question, would you categorize yourself as a Christian artist in genre, not in spirituality, but in genre? And why or why not? I, at this time, would not classify myself as a Christian artist in genre. Um, I think my style leans more, leans more towards acoustic soul. So that is a very difficult question for me to answer. Um, just because, well, let's start with why I'm not a quote unquote Christian artist. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the very easy answer is that those aren't the songs that come out, (laughs) And that seems like a cop-out almost because, you know, the the practice of songwriting, you can basically learn to write whatever. But um, in wanting to talk about emotion and, and feeling and song, et cetera, it just doesn't lean towards what you would hear necessarily in CCM, um, which... Shout out to CCM because it was the soundtrack of my life from 2007 to 2011. Like it, it helped form my theology and what I believe and practice even now today. So I think, I think I'm a little more sneaky with my (laughs) artistry, like talk about God without talking about God. Mm -hmm. And that's been cool because I even got to do a, a woman's kind of, 
I don't even know what to call it, a woman's day here in Nashville. And they gathered people and artists from every walk of life. And they are like tarot card readers and just the most random things ever. And I got to come and share my, my songs and my poems. And people came up and asked me about them and were saying, oh, wow, this was so good. I just closed my eyes and let your words like wash over me. And getting to then say, oh, well, let me tell you why. It's Jesus. Um, yeah, that's just been such such a cool thing to see. But I do also, I write worship music, so I do hope to, you know, write and release worship music as well. I was just super <laughs> curious about that because I know it's sort of like well-known in, in CCM that there are some artists who have started there and sort of branched over to secular and some who just like, I just like, do not call me a Christian musician, but CCM's just like, no, we're taking you because you're so good. So I was just super, just super curious um, about the thought process because I've spoken to some artists who were just like, no, I am this and I'm sticking to this um, and others who are more subtle. And so it's just really interesting to hear, I suppose, the, the theology and the ideas behind that and why people choose that. Yeah, and I think, well, two things. Like that totally goes back to the whole reason why I pursued Patreon. Because I, I, you see that with CCM artists, like they're marketed a certain way into Susan who drives a minivan with 2.5 kids. And like my music isn't that. And that's not a bad thing or a good thing. It's just, it is what it is. And, and because Jesus is truth, I think when you articulate truth, you're articulating him. So that's what I try to do with anything I write. Like, let this be true. Let it stand against the Bible. Like, let it be represented well or let it represent the Bible and God well so that when people hear it, it's something clicks within them because it is just articulated truth and it's Jesus. What are the things that compel you to keep going and keep moving and to keep creating to make a difference in the world? I am so passionate about freedom and it's probably because I lived in bondage for so long and just I was, I lived in such fear and such brokenness and I didn't realize it until God showed me. Um, and oh man, the first, the first week I landed in Australia, like I said, I planned on living and dying in North Carolina. The first week I was there, God told me you would have settled for a life I've never had for you. And that just was the most mind-blowing and freeing thought ever because I had already written down what I thought I deserved in life. And God, in his beauty and love and grace, was like, no, 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 that's not the abundant life I promised. And, oh, Jess, I, I wish you knew me 10 years ago to see how different I am now because of the transformative power and love of Jesus Christ. People have to know there's more. Then they don't have to live afraid and they don't have to live in bondage and they don't have to live rejected and they don't have to live with doubt and anxiety. Like there are days I was, I had such anxiety that I couldn't get out of bed and I was missing classes and just was all over the place. Like I was so stricken with anxiety I could not move. And 
to see me go from that to who I am now is it's nothing short of it. It is a miracle. And I have like, I get to tell others, but I have to tell others because there is hope. Like that is the thing that compels me most. Like there is hope, man, suicidal thoughts, all the things, abuse, like you name it. I probably went through it and or witnessed it. And the, I even look different. I, I have a picture. My passport picture actually is <laughs> is me right before I left for Australia. And to look at me in that photo and look at me now is remarkable. Yeah. It's like a dark cloud was lifted off of me. And I'm so much more free. But there is freedom in Jesus. And I just have to tell the world. understand i know you see it every single thing i do it's in your hands and i believe it i don't really know why i feel like i keep letting it down there's nothing that can separate me from you when i believe it what if you're holding me know about you guys but I love finding new music and new talents one of my favorite things is to go to a gig where I don't know a band and hear them and just be blown away by it music has an incredible way of taking us to another place and I love it when singer-songwriters really open up their hearts and let us go there with them it's really powerful if you loved what you heard from Dee and or Sarah today, please make sure you go and support them. Go and visit Dee at Dee Swan Music. That is D-E-E-S-W-A-N Music. That is D-E-E-S-W-A-N Music. You can also go follow Sarah at Gerald Sarah on Instagram. You'll also find links to support those guys and hear more about them in the episode synopsis below. Okay, that was a great episode. Thank you for tuning in, guys. I hope that your new year is happy, healthy, and safe. I will see you again next week for another great interview. Until then, make sure you go follow us on social media. We are at Between You Me Pod. You can also find us on the web at betweenyouandmepod.com. If you follow our social media, you know that we are on for season two, which is so exciting. So if you go follow us, please let me know what you would like us to talk about in season two and who you would like to hear from. We've dug pretty deep this season and talked about some really compelling topics. It would be awesome to go even deeper in season two. So please hit us up at Between You Me Pod and let us know what takes your interest and what you really want to wrestle with. We can't wait to explore new ground and talk to some amazing artists with you. All right, that's all for this week. We'll see you guys later. Would you take me, take me this far just to leave?
For listening to the Between You and Me podcast. Stay connected by visiting www.betweenyouandmepod.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. For more Christian news, reviews, and interviews, get plugged in to jesuswire.com.